0: Hello, good morning everybody. It's a good day, amen? Right, well, I feel like the Lord has given me a, a pretty simple message today, but I think it's really important, and it's partly been preached already. So thanks to everybody who's contributed so far. Uh, it, but it's, it's about loving and giving and, re, and how receiving and giving is, uh, is part of that. So... Um, First, a question. Think about, um, you know, it's wise to think about the end of your life. Yeah? So, at the end of your life here on earth, what do you think will matter most to you? What do you think will matter most on the last day of your life or when you're ready to meet the Lord? So, would it be the... And and I'm going to ask for a show of hands here, okay? We'll we'll be honest here. Uh, The stuff you collected. Whether it's stuff you treasure or the stuff you've saved up because you just can't bear to get rid of it or stuff you think you might need in the future. How about uh, how much fun you've had at the end of your life? Is that going to be the most important thing? How much fun you've had? How much pleasure you've been able to get out of life? Everybody's afraid to raise their hand. Uh, I'm... Sometimes I'm tempted to. Uh, how about the, uh, your academic degrees or your career accomplishments or uh, the, any honors and awards you've been able to earn? How about those? What about uh, your bucket list? Like you are able to check off everything on your bucket list and so you're ready to die. How about this, if you're like me, like how many championships have your favorite sports teams won? That's, that's not our generation today. Maybe if I say this, what level you've gotten to on the video games you've played, how about that? How about uh, how popular you were? Did everybody like you? How many likes you got on social media for all the things you posted? How about uh, <clears throat> one more thing? How much money there was in your bank account? And was it always enough? Did you stay out of debt? Nobody's raised their hands so far? Everybody's honest, all right? So what, 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 what is going to matter? And I would suggest, and this is what I felt like the Lord said to me, and it makes a lot of sense, right? God would say that what really matters at the end of your life is how much we loved him and how much we loved other people amen now it's time to raise your hand yeah (laughs) that's the right answer i mean but it's tough right because we are tempted to to think that all these other things and other things besides what i mentioned are what we need to do today right uh first john 4 verses 7 and 8 i think there's a song about it it says beloved Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God wants us to love each day, but that starts by receiving his love. In other words, you cannot love God or other people, at least not well enough, without receiving love from God. It starts with receiving. Now, I brought up this little plastic bin here. This is like a, a treasure box. And can anybody guess what's in here? Letters. These are, these are, lo- these are love letters uh, from when Kathy and I were dating in ni- 1992, 1992, I think. That's 1993. Nice hat there. Um, but uh, well, the situation was, I was here my second year down here in Missouri teaching. And uh, Kathy, I was living at the Kennedy's house, actually. Dan wasn't there, but his parents were. And uh, they let me live there. And But Kathy was up actually living at my parents' house up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And <clears throat> she was... Uh, finishing her internship she had uh, one one semester left at Taylor and uh, she had this internship where they really didn't give her anything meaningful to do and she had time on her hands every day and so she I was I was down here I was busy teaching elementary school every day Uh, she was up there and she had time so she she wrote me she would write me a letter about every day And, you know, I can show you, but, like, there's a lot of letters in there. And some of them are from me, but probably more of them are from Kathy to me. There's all kinds of stuff in here. Nobody gets to look at it, though, sorry. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I'm kind of glad, I'm kind of glad that we, we were dating, before we all had computers and and smartphones, uh, because we would actually write letters to each other, and you can you can keep them, you know. I don't know what people do today if they text each other. Or I suppose there's a record online of that. But, but I just remember the most exciting part of my day, every day, was to go home and check the mailbox. And like go to the mailbox and hopefully there was a letter in there from Kathy, you know. And I just remember that, that receiving, you know, it was so so good to receive letters that demonstrated and spoke her love to me and of course that inspires you that inspired me to reciprocate Uh, and i don't think i was quite as good at writing back because um anyway but uh i mean i did write back i wanted to write back and uh you know when when you receive love for somebody else it just uh, kind of fills your tank and motivates you to love but, you know, receiving love from other people is great. But people will fail us. And depending on other people's love is not enough to make us loving people. Amen? And I was just trying to think of an image. And I'm thinking, like, how many of have, have dogs that beg at the dinner table? Right? So if you have it, But just imagine, like, you are the one down on the floor begging at the dinner table and like relying on other people loving you to make you whole enough to be a loving person. is kind of like you crawling down on the floor and like waiting to pick up the little crumbs that fall off the table that other people drop. It's not going to fill you up. It's not going to, you know what I mean? Like if we depend on other people's love for us so that we can be loving we're going to be in poverty. We're, we're going to be starving. Like, and, and we're just going to... Actually, that's not loving. We're, we're like taking, right? And uh, so, so the thing is, the thing that God says is that our source of love is Him. Amen? True love is from God. And His love continually flows to us in an unending supply. Love is not a feeling, right? Right? Definition of love is just not that butterfly feeling uh, when when romantic love or whatever. And it's not not a warm feeling that people like you or have done something nice. I mean, it's good. Those are good things. But that's not what love is. Love, what is love? 1 Corinthians 13 spells it out in different ways. And I would summarize it this way. Love is giving. Like if you, if you love somebody, you are giving to them. And, uh, and so the secret, um, love is costly. It costs you something. So the secret to being able to love God and love others well is to always be receiving His love. Because only His love continually flows. I think of it like a pipeline or like the the water running in your house and it's continually running. It's always, it's a supply that keeps coming and and doesn't run out, right? It's like a well that doesn't run dry. And uh, we love because he first loved us. The problem is that there are times that things block our reception of his love. And I think that's one of the thing, things the Lord said to me. Uh, sometimes things block our reception of His love, and we need to tr- remove those things to get it, keep it flowing, keep receiving. We live on top of the hill, and we sometimes we watch antenna TV. We don't have cable or anything, um, but uh, and so living on top of the hill, the reception is pretty good, right? But sometimes. Uh, well, this week it's been Channel 2, but usually it's Channel 5. Like, if I want to turn on a football game, like, if somebody is standing in a certain corner of the room, like, the reception goes, hey, the, the picture on the TV goes haywire. And I just is like, honey, could you, like, move over to the other chair? <laughs> um, I don't know why it works like that. Because I know the signal's in the air, but something is interfering with it. Like... And, and sometimes that person is me. Sometimes I'm over there, I'm like, oop, I need to move so that I can see the picture, you know. Um, so, uh, speaking of football, another receiver, another kind of receiver in football is the offensive players. A lot of times, they're trying to catch a ball thrown by the quarterback, right? And, and there are a lot of really talented receivers, and they can like catch stuff one-handed and things like that, right? But receiving is a is a challenge because in football, there's always some kind of adversary who's trying to get in there and prevent the player from receiving the ball. And they will get in his way. They will try to cover him. Uh, they will uh, they'll try to hit the ball as he's catching it and sometimes they and a lot of times they'll just try to hit the receiver while he's trying to catch the ball to try to prevent because they don't want him to catch the ball. You know, receiving is quite a challenge in football, but similarly in in the world, we have an adversary who tries to interfere with our reception of God's love. Amen. And he tries different different ways and sometimes he just tries to hit us and say you know sorry God doesn't love you and cause us trouble and pain and uh, so that's what the Lord is saying the Lord is saying we need to remove those things which block our reception of his love he wants us to know that we are loved by him so what are the things that tend to block our reception of his love well, I think first thing he said is remove the cares and worries of this world. And that can be stuff we get worried about that we don't have enough or we're not going to have what we need, situations we worried about. It also could be just things we like to do, things we want, things we want to get. And they, t- they tend to block our reception. They tend to interfere with um, knowing our love for him. Here's a question. What else do we really need if we have his love? What need is there to worry if God loves us? What's the answer to those questions? Nothing. Shouldn't be anything, right? In Matthew 13, 22, uh, Jesus was telling a parable. He said, the seed, the parable of the sower, he explained, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And the word says a lot of things, but the main thing it says is God's, uh, how much God loves us and the truth about who he is and who we are. And in Matthew 6, Jesus spoke directly about worry, and he said, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And he goes on and says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well, because God loves you. He's going to give you what you need. Don't worry about it, Jesus said. So what is the remedy? You know, sometimes you say, well, well. We need to get rid of something. Get rid of these things that are blocking our reception of his love. But what is the... A lot of times it's like you, you can get rid, try to get rid of something, but usually you need to find something to take its place, something that will occupy that position, right? And so I'll call that the remedy. What's the remedy for worry and the cares of the world? And that is... Make a frequent habit of giving thanks for all the good things that God has and is doing for you in your life. Amen? Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul writes, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Psalm 107, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. I picked two verses, but I could have picked 100 verses about the same topic, right? So give thanks. Make a habit of giving thanks. And that's going to open up your reception for God's love. Uh, Just for example, I'm going to get us started. I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak out right now. Thank you, God, that I woke up and had another day to live today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for my wonderful wife. Thank you uh that for the rain that's falling so our drought is ending. Continue for me. Thank you for moments good surgery. Amen. Thank you for doctors and nurses. Amen. Thank you for our uh brothers and sisters in Christ. Bye. Absolutely. Keep going. You can get started giving thanks. If you, you can get on a roll and I would challenge you that you can never run out of things to give thanks for. So keep going. Amen. Thank you for that. Friends. Absolutely. Friends. Thank you. Oh, that Amen. Thank you for Thank you for sisters and brothers. Thank you for our children. Hey, right. you know, this is the kind of thing we do on Thanksgiving Day. We've got a service here with testimonies, and people do that, right? And we, but this, this is not a certain season that we do give thanks. It's all the time giving thanks. And not just a certain time of day, but get, if we can get into the habit of, of doing that, how, are you, how is your reception of God's love going to be? Uh, it, it will turn your mind and your heart around. So that was the first thing. Okay, another thing that God says to remove, pride. And uh, I'm talking about the bad kind of pride. Um, what room is there for pride with God's love? Self-pride really exposes a poverty of soul. And a lack of confidence in our identity, who we are, as beloved, created, and redeemed children of God, our good Father. Amen? Um, Sometimes pride pretends to be better than everybody else. Okay, so usually we think of pride, we think of somebody who's arrogant, thinks they're above everybody else, right? But pride comes, and there's two ends of pride, and there's another kind of pride that is more like self-pity that says i wish i were like somebody else or i they don't think i'm good enough and i need to prove that i'm but i'm good enough and um that's pride too thinking that we should be treated better or to be envious of other people um, both of those things are rooted in a lack of truly receiving god's love for us True humility, what's true humility? I think it's, it's gonna be our response to being secure and confident in how much God loves us and who we are in him, amen? That's true humility. Uh, C.S. Lewis, I think, gave this quote and it said, humility is not, uh, not thinking less of yourself, like thinking that you're... Um, Lower than everybody else, but humility is thinking of yourself less. In other words, not being worried about who you are because you know who you are. And that if you, then you're freed up to love other people and love God. You're not worried about a lack of, a lack of something or having to puff yourself up. In First uh, Peter chapter five, starting in the middle of verse five. He says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And of course, grace is God's love that we don't deserve, right? God's favor. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you, and so you you can see that um, God is wanting us to be humble, and uh, it's because it says He gives grace to the humble. His love flows to those who are humble, and so pride needs to get out of the way. So, what's the remedy? I think one thing is sing. And worship in your heart to the Lord. You know, when we truly worship the Lord, we are exalting him to his proper place, to where he really is. I mean, we can't exalt the Lord. We can't change who he is and what, how great he is. He is great. He's always great. He's always exalted. But when we praise and worship him, in our hearts and in our minds, we are exalting him to the Higher place, highest place where he really truly is right we're exalting him there i think we're also exalting him in our situations and we are declaring hey jesus is exalted in this situation no matter how i feel no matter what just happened today or what my accomplishment was or how i failed or somebody else failed me or what problem is going on Jesus is exalted, right, in our circumstances and also uh, in the environment around us, spiritually and physically. So at that time, we will see God as amazingly powerful and loving as he truly is. And at that time, pride's got to go. When we see God as he truly is, our need for puffing ourselves up or whatever, it just, there's no room for that. It needs to go. And instead, love starts flowing. Psalm uh, 99.5 says this Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Psalm 68, verses 4 to 6. Sing to God. Sing pray, sing the praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So that one shows, it tells us to exalt the Lord. Not because we're putting him in a different place. He's always been there. But to us, we need to exalt him. He doesn't need our praises. We need to praise him. We need to exalt him. And it shows he has a tender place in his heart for the poor, the broken, the imprisoned, the hurting, the sick, right? And Jesus went around and demonstrated that. And so when we are humble, it draws God and what uh, he says, pride puts him off and the rebellious will live in a sun-scorched land. And the third thing that I felt like the Lord said we need to remove to get better reception of his love is selfish ambition and self-seeking. You know, if we're truly loved by God, why should we try to promote ourselves? He's the Lord. We are his servants. He is the Father, we're his children. He is the Shepherd, we are the sheep. He knows what's best for us, He leads us, and He provides everything we need. We have no need to promote ourselves or push ourselves up. Uh, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 9 Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save us, will save it. And so Jesus is saying uh, submission to him is the way to live. Because that's who he is. This is who we are. We are, we are servants. We are children. We are sheep. Uh, he is the Lord. And if we submit to him then um, that's really how we're going to find success. That's how we're going to find life. That's how we're going to be fruitful and accomplish everything that he wants for us. So the remedy to selfish ambition is to seek to know his will and what his ways are in your life, to find out what he wants you to do each day, to walk with him in trusting obedience the outcome of trusting God is obeying Him. Like, if we trust Him, we'll follow His ways. If we trust Him, we will um, do what He's leading us to do. We won't be afraid to do it. We won't think that, well, He's wrong. I know better. And uh, Jesus said, You know, well, He has good plans for us. Amen. And we've got to believe it. And. His ways for us are loving and good. He knows how to make us fruitful in his calling for each of us. In John 15, Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Isn't it interesting that Jesus said, if you want to stay in my love, keep my commandments. That to us, sometimes that might sound kind of legalistic. It's not. It's not. Think about uh, when you were a child or if you are a child, think about how do you show love to your parents? Like, if you're always running up and giving them a hug and you're always disobeying them, they're not going to feel loved by you, right? Obey them first, then give them all the hugs you want, Right? But Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's the first way to show him. And uh, he said, he does the same thing with his father. He kept his father's commandments and he remains in his father's love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So it's kind of interesting because I just said, well, we're his servants, he's the boss, right? He's the king, he's the Lord. And yet Jesus is saying, if you love me and keep my commands and know them and walk with me, his intent for us is not that we be servants, that he's always um, lording it over or, or stomping down on, but we are servants that he's like. Actually, my intent is you're my sons and daughters, you're my friends. That as you learn to walk in love and obedience to me, like we are going to have that close relationship, right? I'm not gonna have to um, put you in your place because you know who you are in me and you walk in that identity. So, I just want to close by saying this. Since, since Jesus laid down his life for us already, we can afford to lay down our lives for him and for those around us. We can afford it. Love is costly, right? Love is costly, but we can afford it. We are not that beggar down under the table trying to find every little scrap we can to make it. We are, um, we are rich. We are rich in him. In uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that th- you, through his poverty, might become rich. In Luke 15, Jesus told the parable of the... Of the prodigal son and at the end of it the father in the story said my son you are always with me and everything i have is yours and that's true that's what god says about us in romans 8 32 it says he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things so he said if I if I sacrifice Jesus for you I'm going to give you what else am I not going to give for you? You have everything in me and we need to know that. Like if he we know he loves us. The proof he loves us is that Jesus died for us. And if Jesus died for us, then is he going to answer our prayers? Or is he going to say, "You know what? I gave enough. I gave my son on the cross. I'm not answering any more prayers." Or You know, I gave you enough. You've got to earn the rest yourself. That's not what he's saying here. And finally, Psalm 23, verse 6. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, right? And he ends up like this. Surely your goodness and love will follow me. Some, Some people say that means like chase after me, pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He is not going to abandon us. We always have all that we need in Him. We are beloved sons and daughters. We've been created and chosen by God to dwell with Him in His household forever. Can you imagine? Do you imagine what it's going to be like to dwell with Him in His house forever? Are we dwelling with him in his house now? Yeah, in a way. Not quite the way that we will in heaven. But we are. Like, we can get used to that now. Right? Amen? It's going to change. It's going to be, we'll see it. We'll experience it in a different way. But we are dwelling in his house right now. At least we should be. Come in from out of the rain and dwell with him in his household. Amen? And... You know, he says, don't fear. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discontented, no matter what's going on. And Jesus knows we have troubles. He said, you'll have troubles. Take heart. I have overcome the world. I'm with you always. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. Receive all that God has for you, and then give freely. We are his beloved children. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, we thank you. We've been thanking you since we started this morning, but we keep on doing it because your love never fails. We thank you for Jesus that you did not spare your own son, but gave him up for us all. And it's true. How much more will you also give us anything we need, anything we ask for that's good for us, you will give us. give us grace that we might receive your love freely. Lord, I pray that you speak to each of our hearts and point out anything that's getting in the way, any way that our adversary is trying to get in the way and block the reception, our reception in our hearts of your love for us. Lord, give us thankful hearts. Give us habits of, of thanksgiving. Give us habits of worshiping you. Let us worship you freely and regularly that we might walk around with a heart of worship like we heard Dan talking about before. And Lord, we lay down ourselves before you. We humble ourselves before you and say, you are exalted. We love you. We trust in you. We have everything we need in you. We love you and thank you. Give us joy, joy and peace in your presence. And let your love flow from us that we might truly uh, bring your love to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen.